the biggest change in your organization may start with, well, you. On this month's Saturday cast, Kevin McCurdy shows us how personal leadership creates results. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 394. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And this weekly show gives you access to the practical wisdom that will empower you to become a better leader. This is the monthly Saturday cast. About once a month, I air a special episode here on a Saturday that's a chat with one of our Academy members or listeners. The next episode is still coming this coming Monday, so this is a bonus show. The Saturday casts are sponsored and brought to you by the Coaching for Leaders Academy. The Academy is a year-long cohort of participant leaders who work personally with me to create movement in their leadership development and organizational results. You can discover more and get alerted about opportunities to apply for the Academy by visiting coachingforleaders.com slash academy. And the very next applications are going to be opening here in March 2019, so be watching for that. I am thrilled today to welcome a longtime listener to the show who has been utilizing the podcast along with some fabulous work from one of our other listeners who's an executive coach in producing results for not only himself, but more importantly, for his organization. I am thrilled to introduce to you Kevin McCurdy. Kevin is the Chief Operating Officer with Autoclore System. Their organization is in the business of providing dishwashers and sanitation in food service locations. And he has been listening to the show for just about four years, and we connected recently, and I was just so impressed, Kevin, with what you've been doing in your leadership development. Welcome to the Saturday Cast. Thanks very much. It's great to be here. So we should probably start with how this began. Four years ago, you uh, came across the show. How did it start? Well, I was introduced to the show from my executive coach, Jason Adler. I had taken on some new roles in the company. I've been with the company for 23 years and progressively took on new roles and had reached a new role where I found my old skills and old behaviors weren't as effective as they had used to be. And I went out and sought an executive coach, started working with Jason, and he introduced me, thankfully, to uh, your podcast. Well, a big thank you to Jason and a shout out to him. We're going to put a link to him in the notes here as well. I know he's been listening to the show for a while too. And as you started working with Jason, what did you uncover, Kevin, as at the beginning of that process? Because this has been a journey for you over the last few years. Well, thinking back on it, The biggest thing I discovered was that I had to change the way I was influencing people. I was shifting from a primarily an individual producer with teams and providing leadership. But as I moved into my new role, I really didn't have the opportunity any longer to produce much individually. So working with Jason, I began to realize that I really needed to grow and improve the way I was influencing people and needed to find a way to do that in a new and more impactful way than I had done before. When you and I talked originally, one of the things you shared with me was that self-awareness 
for you was really big at the early stages of your journey. Tell me more about that. Well, that's true. The self-awareness that Jason helped me with was thinking and being more aware of the impact I was having on people and thinking about the kind of impact I wanted to have. And one of the discoveries I made was that being aware of how I communicated, being aware of how I behaved, being aware of how I interacted with people was uh, a new part. It was different than it was when I was an individual producer. And it was important that I learn those new ways in order to work with my teams differently. What's one thing you can recall thinking this, wow, I, I need to make a shift or I really want to make a shift on this? Well, the first thing, and I think it's true for a lot of people, the first thing was I needed to change the way I listened. Being an individual producer or individual producer leader, I didn't do enough of the right kind of thinking. It was more of a command and control type of mentality. And I needed to, and I still work on it, train myself to listen first, listen more, rather than coming into a situation thinking that I already have or thinking that I already need to have a solution. In other words, not coming with the solution, but coming with the intention of trying to learn and find the best solution. I think you and I talked about this previously, that we have this, I know I had this feeling when I came into leadership for the first time of this feeling of pressure, like we have to have the answer, (laughs) at least a lot of the time. And what I've discovered over the years, and, and you have too, is more often it's being able to facilitate asking the right question and helping the organization or the team to come to the right answer. That's true. It's it's pretty hard to have the right answer all the time. <laughs> Indeed. No matter what you think. Yeah. But yeah, so that that is what I what I discovered was uh, and I still I, you know, I put a lot of pressure on myself thinking I had to have the answer and had to be the right answer. And what I learned was that wasn't the best approach. And and even the people I worked with here, the people that I reported to here, the owners of the company, I began to realize that they didn't necessarily expect me to have the right answer all the time. I just kind of put that upon myself. I hope you don't mind me diving in on this a bit. But one of the things you shared with me, I thought was really profound. You mentioned that as you started working with Jason and going through the self-awareness process and listening to the podcast a bit, that early on, there wasn't a lot of external or apparent changes, but there was a lot going on with you internally. And I'm wondering if you could say more about that. Well, yes. At the beginning, there was a lot more going on with me, and I had to, to sort of get used to that results don't necessarily come immediately and I kind of had to let go of my old mentality that it had to be a certain way or we had to get a certain result and we had to get it right away and that getting that result was the primary purpose. And slowly, I began to realize and begin to trust that the results do come. And in our case, with our team here, the results have been coming in a much bigger way than the results that I used to get in the old sort of command and control kind of leadership. We got results back then, but it took a real lot of work. And it took, a, unfortunately, things like turnover and a lot of changing of directions. 
And I just became more comfortable and, and began to see the evidence that there was a different way of doing that that was more fun, more enjoyable by other people. And at the end of the day, once I got used to it and changed my perspective, more enjoyable for myself. I'd love to dive in on some of the things you did differently here and and also what's different today. So let's dive in on some of the things you'd made shifts on and perspectives you heard from the experts on the show. One of the folks you mentioned to me that was helpful to you was Tara Moore uh, when she was on a few years ago talking about the inner critic. What did you learn from Tara? Well, I, I'm very sure that was the first podcast that Jason shared with me. And the first time I listened to your work, and I was running into sort of internal belief on whether I should do something, whether I should change my perspective. Obviously, I was telling myself I shouldn't, that I wouldn't get results, that people wouldn't get on the train or want to. And he shared with me the, the thinking about an inner critic and overcoming that. I have had confidence in the past, but I realized that I had a pretty big inner critic that was impacting that confidence and kind of pushing it in one direction and not letting it grow in another. So he shared that with me and we did some talking about that and, and we identified my inner critic. And that was one of the first areas of growth that came from listening to your podcast. Tara does so much work with women on helping them identify their inner critic. And one of the things that was really interesting to me is when we aired that episode, even more men reached out to me and said, this really spoke to me and that I really find myself struggling with this. And I'm curious, Kevin, for those who might also have that feeling, what did your inner critic sound like? And as you identified that, how was that useful to you? Well, for me, it was a lot of, that's a great idea, but. That's a great intention, but. Mm. And by separating the uh, inner critic and sort of from myself and making it a separate character, for a while, working with Jason, when things would come up, we would both refer back to that character. By separating it, I think in some ways, it helped me look both at the critic and the shortcomings of that, and then step back and look at what I was really thinking about and what I was really trying to do. And it really led me to take more action because really that's one of my biggest challenges and has been is taking action and getting that critic out of the way, at least temporarily, allowed me to take action. And when I took action, the results came and that's what was most rewarding and helped build that confidence and belief or trust that I had in the situation that that was the right direction to go. So much of leadership is about movement, isn't it? And that's why it's the toughest thing, is movement. Yeah, yeah. It's one thing to read and learn and then think about it, but really taking action, even small steps, and most action really can only be taken in small steps. I think sometimes I think about it in too big of a picture, and that's what makes it difficult to move forward. But it's all about action, lots of little action. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of us have gone through training and academic programs that have taught us, you know, 95% or better is acceptable. <laughs> and really, leadership's all about those small movements. Like you said, it's it's having the courage to make mistakes because then you learn things. And I know you've, you've discovered lots of things along the way. And one of the other discoveries you mentioned was the perspective from Michael Bungay Stanier's work. He's the author of The Coaching Habit and has been on the show a few times. And you mentioned that he was really helpful on the point of giving up control 
so other people can grow. Tell me more about that. Absolutely. And it goes back to that influencing people differently and listening. Instead of asking someone what they think and before they're halfway through their explanation or only make one point coming back with what you think, being able to be quiet, asking more questions, getting the other person to think, but giving the other people room and having a different kind of conversation, having a coaching conversation. I never really thought of myself or didn't want to put myself into a position where I thought I was a coach necessarily, but having a coaching style of conversation where I did more listening, asked more questions, and as a result, the person I was working with did a lot more thinking. I love the perspective that Michael has brought of not necessarily wanting us all to become coaches, but just to become more coach-like. And you've made that shift in a big way, Kevin. As you've become more coach-like, what are the kinds of questions that you find coming into conversations these days that maybe didn't show up three or four years ago? Well, there's two. One is the questions that I ask instead of telling someone what I think. And the other question is then what I perceive as the other person that I'm working with them beginning to ask themselves questions. Mm. So it's just about giving someone the space, responding to what they say instead of reacting, and helping them learn more instead of thinking that you're going to tell them more, which is the approach that I, I took more often than not. Ah, What's different for you between responding and reacting if we were watching you today? How does that show up? It shows up by more quiet, which is a challenge for me. Mm. More quiet, more listening. Don't answer the email. Don't necessarily say right away what you think. In fact, I, I try to, I'm learning and trying to do that as little as possible to give other people room to share what they think. And just being an observer. I did a meeting last week and being very self-aware about it and asked two questions and just listened for the whole time. And I really learned more about what they were thinking than if I had spoken up and shared my opinion throughout the whole meeting. I have written down in my notes from when we talked before this sentence, the importance of unlearning that my way is the best way. And I, I can relate to that so much, Kevin, and so many of the folks I've worked with over the years. And one person that you said that was really helpful on that point. And thinking about executive presence and self-awareness is Tom Henschel and some of the work he shared on the show and also from his podcast, The Look and Sound of Leadership. What's been helpful to you that Tom has brought? Well, all that whole idea of leadership presence, executive presence was real important to me when I was trying, when I am, and when I was trying to change how I influence people and how I was behaving with people or in in meetings. So listening better, asking more questions, being aware of how I react, like I said earlier, how I react to things was real important in changing how I was in the room. Really, it was about changing how I was in the room. What's different now when you show up at meetings on how you show up than was before you were thinking that way? Before I go into many meetings, I try to think about what I want to learn in the meeting 
because my natural or old inclination and still is sometimes is to get to the bottom line, put out my idea, what's the solution and move forward. So I try to show up with thinking more about what I want to learn and where I want to go with that. Oh, fascinating. So it's less about I'm here to share an idea. It's a I'm here to show up and learn and actually go through a process of discovery. That's exactly right. Because not all my ideas are really as great as I used to think. But that's really, <laughs> that's really, really what it's about. And a lot of our ideas will get better with other people's ideas. But you know, our company's grown quite a bit. And there, it's just uh, business is too big. Not just our business, any business for one or two ideas. There's just so many other valuable things on the table. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned going through the transition of taking on more responsibility. And one of the other folks you mentioned to me was one of our Academy members who was on a Saturday cast not that long ago, Mark Ipovitz. And you mentioned that his story was really helpful to you. When you heard him talk about his journey of stepping into a large leadership role, what resonated for you? Well, the the first thing that resonated was that it was similar to some of my thinking and that he was an individual contributor and put into a new role. And he had a fantastic perspective and that he put his sights on being the best manager leader that he could possibly be, acknowledging that he was new to it and that it was going to be all new for himself. So that's very humbling. And the other thing about what he did, it was almost like a roadmap that he laid out in his podcast was very impressive, but it was about his team first. At our company over the last several years, we've evolved a a mindset of called, we call people first, where we think of our people first and our teams first before we think of our customers instead of the typical customer first, because our feeling is that if our teams are taken care of and if our teams are happy and growing, our customers are going to be all the happier. And I think that Hearing him talk about his team and putting his people first really removed the inner critic on my end and really encouraged me to keep thinking the way that I was thinking. Mm. You uh, shared with me that your organization uses the language of building trust to remove the angles. I'm guessing that relates back to what you just said as far as really building that from a team perspective. Uh, how How does that show up? In our end, it's it's about us. We, we, we work hard at getting better at communicating with each other. And we're working hard at having a alignment around a long-term vision. And our, th- our thinking about that is that it helps remove what we call the angles. And we're a thousand employees in our company and we're in 63 locations. So we're very spread out. And there's a lot of interactions with a lot of small and large groups throughout different environments. So it's possible for a lot of what we call angles to arise, which is not really an angle, is really not really understanding the the vision or someone not sharing that with you. And so there's a a lesser or a lack of understanding about the why of what we're doing. And for us, it creates an angle. So we work hard on communicating, making people first, and having different kinds of presence so that we hope there's not the frequency of people seeing an angle or wondering, well, what's in it for them? What's in it for this? What's in it for me type of thing? 
you and your organization have done some really innovative things to address that, but also really proactively create resources. And you, of course, have many service technicians that work in your business. And I love that you've developed something that you call a leadership tool bag and have taken some of the models and, and put them in part of that. How did that emerge and what does that look like? Well, that's an idea that came from our leadership team. We have a mastermind group and it came up with, we're thinking, well, how can we brighten up, make exciting, sort of take the whole idea of leadership and improving our leadership behaviors, not just us, but our managers to a new level. And we thought about, well, we've got a lot of technicians and when they go out to work, they carry a tool bag. And so we started thinking about, well, why don't we have a leadership tool bag? And one of the first tools we put in there was from several of your podcasts, actually, was about soliciting feedback. So soliciting feedback was one of the first tools we put into our leadership tool bag and then practiced and learned and and taught and helped our managers and others learn how to solicit feedback, some of the best ways to get useful feedback. And so as we go forward and we come up with new practices, we look forward to putting them in our leadership tool bag. Was that the feedback model that Tom Henschel has shared with us, the three-step model? Yes. Keeping it simple, asking for one thing, making it about a behavior, not feedback about a policy or some practice. There's places for that as well. But we were looking at it for personal growth and developing stronger connections with our teammates. So keeping it real simple and making it something that really very few people would find impossible or unwilling for them to do. When it's really just about one behavior that someone says a change could make their job more enjoyable or help them do their job better, there's very few people that are not going to be able or not going to want to change one behavior for that kind of a result. Yeah, indeed. You know, there's so many things that you've done, not only personally, but organizationally over the last few years. And I'm curious, as you have made these shifts for yourself and with your leadership team and within the mastermind and with Jason, what has changed from a standpoint of the organization and how things look and feel and even maybe results within the organization? Well, results are up. And I believe they're up because I think in the feedback that we've received, uh, I spend a lot of time in the field with many of our people. That's really more than half of my job spend very little time in in an office, is that by empowering people, by letting them make decisions, by engaging them in the process of growing the company. And our philosophy is that we're going to grow the company by growing our leadership as a team. It makes the job more fun. It makes people more engaged and it gives them a belief that they're going to be able to benefit, gain, grow, become a better person. We've really changed over the last four years to be a company that's focused on promotion from within. We promoted from within before, but it wasn't our primary focus. I myself, I hate to admit, did hiring from outside, probably a nine or 10 to one and promoting from within. And now the company has shifted across the company to where our promotion from within is probably nine or 10 to one compared to hiring from outside. You mentioned earlier in the conversation that you were getting results before, but there was a cost, and turnover was one of the things you mentioned. Have you seen that shift as time has gone on? Definitely. Our turnover has improved. 
very much. A lot of that's because of that promoting from within mindset. But it's less about numbers. Now, I have driven numbers for so long that my main job right now is to help our leadership team get comfortable in believing the numbers will come from our leadership. But moving from a numbers-driven, results-first type of mentality to a fun place to work, great place to work, place where you can grow, place where you want to be, and a leadership mentality. The results have have improved and it's made it a real great place for a lot of our employees. Huh. It's fascinating. You shared with me that you were really proud of being a numbers person for a long time in your career. And that that has really changed for you in the, in the last few years. That's correct. I mean, I was proud and it got results. And even those results, you know, benefited people, but it was hard very hard to build a real united or gelled team because not everyone aligns themselves around numbers. Now, numbers are one of our goals, but it's how we get those numbers. And it is a numbers business and we're a growth company. We're a privately held company and we've been focused on growth. Our company has grown every year for 80 years. It's never had a year where we haven't grown. Wow. So growth is part of our mentality and part of the mentality of our owners. But now we've learned that there are other ways to grow and it can be a lot more fun for a lot more people. Fascinating. You know, uh, Kevin, one of the things I'm just so impressed by from you of so many things is the fact that you've really, one, taken a long-term approach to this. This wasn't a, I'm going to go take a leadership class for a day or two and you know change my behavior. You really made a long-term investment in yourself through coaching, through self-examination, through going through assessments to really come to a place today where you've grown a lot personally. And one of the things I, I love is that you started with you. And that's something we talk a lot about on the show is the importance of personal leadership. If we're willing to, to have the courage to look at ourselves first and to first lead by example, how many great things can happen. And it's just really impressive to see that happen in this case. And as we often do during the Saturday cast, we've kind of put together a little bit of a curriculum here. You've mentioned a several past episodes. So I'll highlight some of the episode numbers here that you've already mentioned. Uh, so Kevin mentioned the conversation with Tara Moore on how to manage your inner critic. That's episode 232, for those of you who may want to jump in and get her perspective. We also talked about Michael Bungay-Stanier and the way to stop rescuing people from their problems. Michael, of course, is the author of The Coaching Habit, and episode 284 is a great one for you if you want to make that shift as well. And we also talked a moment ago about the three steps to soliciting feedback. Actually, the first episode Tom Henschel appeared on was episode 107, so I'll put a link to that in the notes as well. And we also mentioned the episode I did with Tom on executive presence and your elevator speech, episode 316. And then finally, uh, the recent Saturday cast with Mark Ipovitz, episode 375, a useful mindset for new leaders. And Kevin, speaking of new leaders, I suspect there are a number of people listening who like you, have stepped into a role of leadership, perhaps a significant step, perhaps find themselves asking some of the same questions you did early on, and also perhaps finding their inner critic 
for those who may be in that scenario, what advice would you have as a starting point for them? The advice is simple. I mean, I lived it, but it's it's tough, is get help. I mean, having a community, having people to bounce ideas off of, having people to help you think about what you're doing is really, really beneficial. It really changed how I looked at things. It's really hard to do this in our own world. Our brains are kind of wired, you know, to look at things just to get it done and move on to something else. And it's hard to grow and become a better leader when you don't spend the time thinking about it and paying attention before you move on to something else. Kevin, I so appreciate you taking the time to share your story with us. I also tremendously appreciate your transparency and authenticity and sharing some of the things you've struggled with along the way. I know it's going to be so helpful to many listening. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. You you guys do great work, you and your team. A lot of our people listen to your work and we look forward to it every week. So thank you. No, I am honored. I'm honored. And for those listening, I do have a question for you as well. Do you have a success story from what you've learned from the Coaching for Leaders podcast that I should know about. I would love to hear it. And perhaps with your permission, share it with our listening community, maybe someday here on a future Saturday cast, just like Kevin shared his story with us. If you have a success story, I'd love to know about it. Just go over to coachingforleaders.com slash success to share your story with me. This Saturday cast was brought to you by the Coaching for Leaders Academy. If you'd like to discover more about the Academy and get alerted about opportunities to apply for membership, go over to coachingforleaders.com slash academy, and you'll be able to sign up there to get alerted about future applications. Thank you so much for listening and see you just in two days here for our next regular episode. Take care, everyone, and have a great weekend. Bye.